0: Visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw
1: Hello, welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie So. Up this hour, we have a new program for you. It's all about culture in Taiwan. And after that, um, we have Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes, which will be bringing you some beautiful Chinese classical music. But first, join us for Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Wednesday, February 5th. And in the studio, we have Jake Chen. Hello. Paul Hello. And I am Natalie So. All right. So we'll be talking about the new surgical mask rationing and people's reaction to this new policy in face of uh, anxiety over the coronavirus And um, how Taiwan's universities and high schools and other schools are extending their winter break. And a crackdown on claw machines using masks and sanitizers as prizes. Also, some of the most popular dates to get married in Taiwan. Those stories coming right up. So there's a lot of anxiety over the coronavirus and people have been, um, you know, buying a lot of surgical masks. And uh, because of that, Taiwan, the government is starting to ration them. Beginning the 7th of of February, people will only be able to buy two masks per week per person. And you need to show your national health card so that they can record how many masks you can buy. But they're selling them very cheap prices, five NT dollars per mask, which is like, what, 25 cents US? Something like that? Yeah, 20 cents. So, yeah. So, what do you guys think of this new policy? Two masks for one week. Obviously, that's not enough. That's not enough. Yeah, actually, the vice president has come out to say that um, masks are a good thing to prevent, to help prevent the spread of, you know, uh, viruses. But... They are not absolutely necessary. Um, They're only absolutely necessary for people who are working in the medical field, who are working in this epidemic um, prevention area, and also people who are visiting hospitals, um, people who also exhibit symptoms. Those are the people who really need to wear masks, whereas um, the general public, because there has been no major outbreak in Taiwan and people who actually have had the symptoms, are all quarantined as well. Um, it's not that likely for people to catch it. So I think it's because it's been a part of the news and we see what's happening in China. You know, we get very nervous here in Taiwan. Um, also because of SARS, right? We had the experience with SARS.
2: In uh, 2000, I think, 3. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, so
1: we, we had quite a few deaths in Taiwan in SARS uh, from SARS. And an outbreak at, I remember, a hospital, helping hospital and some other places. But um, what has the response been in different parts of Taiwan, Jake?
2: Yeah, one, I think particular uh, demographic in Taiwan is worried. And these are the commuters who have to, um, many of them, as we know, take public transportations to and from work every day. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the vice president's uh, statement on mask usage and saying that we don't need to use masks every day which is true but for people who are in enclosed areas you know just we'll take one look at taiwan's buses and metros uh subways i mean you see people sort of crowded in right. inside uh doing rush hours every day so for those people using masks is at least i think psychologically necessary so many have taken it to the internet saying that you know giving uh, you know people like us two for seven days is not enough two is barely enough for two days in fact so that's definitely gone, going to be an issue Some people from Taiwan's offshore uh, Jinmen Island, this is a tiny, tiny island uh, situated between uh, Taiwan proper and China's Xiamen City, somewhere in the middle, administered uh, currently by the Taiwan government, saying that uh, they did a calculation. The number of masks that's given to Jinmen is pretty low because uh, like many of Taiwan's rural areas and offshore islands, there aren't that many hospitals and clinics. So all these masks can be only given at hospitals and clinics. So we are uh, looking at roughly twenty-one thousand masks for adults and five thousand for uh, children for seven days. To that's nowhere near enough to cover the population on the uh, offshore island. So people have expressed concern there. It's a it's a difficult time, and it's worth noting that this is the latest rationing sort of policy, right? A couple right. days, yeah, a couple of days ago, people have had to wait at local convenience stores and supermarkets. Right at the time when they sort of re- reshelf their masks at l- very limited quantity to even get their hands on them, and most people can't. So this is, I think, uh, you know, uh, in the in the absence of better policies, sort of the best way to make sure the masks are equally distributed and nobody are hoarding them. Mm-hmm. But still, the the quantity is running running low for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think especially in Jingmen, which is quite close to China. Yeah, I mean they're probably more likely to catch it there, and they probably have more tourists or. Uh,
2: I think the tourist exchange have been cut have off. Have they been cut off already? Yeah, very early in January. So, okay, so. that part's gone.
1: Okay, so, well... Well, several um, public health experts are saying that
3: actually uh, not, you know, like you mentioned earlier, it's not that, you know, everyone has to wear a mask. I agree. Because um, they said it's really what matters the most is that the people should wash their hands. That's Thoroughly right. and on a regular basis. That's true. That's far more important than... Wearing a surgical mask.
1: Yeah, and actually, I mean, there are other viruses going around. So the flu um, instance? Yeah, mm-hmm. the flu. I think killed um, H1N1 killed about 11 people. You know, in a week, um, in the past week, uh, end of January. In Taiwan. Yeah. So there are other viruses going around, and one of the best ways is to wash your hands because if you touch something that someone with the virus touched, which is Likely if you're going to the bathroom in public areas, yeah, then you really need to wash your hands and wash it for a good 20 seconds to get out all the germs. And this is good practice, too. And avoid touching your face. Yeah, because it can, you know, enter through your eyes, nose and mouth. Yeah. So these are some good precautions to take. Um, but problems. I guess, you know,
3: for people like me who still wear a mask, uh, you know, every day because feel I feel better, guess <laughs> we don't want to take the chance, I guess. <laughs> this is
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. This is a psychological effect. For the first two days I came back to Taiwan, I didn't even wear one. And then I saw everyone around me in the subway wears one and I feel awkward for not having one. And I'm not even sick, you know, so I'm just... Did
1: anyone else not have one in the subway?
2: Um I say at least uh, like when you enter the subway cart at least mm-hmm. 95% of people have them so mm-hmm. I felt very awkward sitting around as the only person who didn't have one that's why but I'm,
1: you're well protected cuz everyone has one
2: <laughs> yeah that makes sense so if yeah so if I go to a people place where yeah cough on you right I just don't right? want to be looked at in a weird way so yeah
1: yeah so anyways Taiwan is uh, evolving its policy and how to deal with it and it's also a public education um campaign But I think it it is good to know that um, for people to know that they should be washing their hands. And even if you're wearing a mask, that's probably even more important. So to keep that in mind. um, And that's good practice uh, wherever we are. Okay, a related story, which is kind of interesting, just shows how much these masks and uh, disinfectants are sought after now, um, is that these very popular forms of entertainment, claw machines where people can grab, you know, prizes with these uh, metal claws, they are starting to put these as prizes.
2: Oh, illegal?
1: Yeah, and that's illegal, actually. But a whole bunch of them have been putting, um, which is basically medical supplies, as uh, prizes. And that is illegal. So they can be fined between... Uh, 30,000 NT and $2 million NT. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'll
2: do a quick calculation. <laughs> That's 1,000 to 66,000 US dollars. Yeah.
1: Yes. So maybe you should like report on them and then get the... <laughs> yeah, get, get a cut. Get, get a cut bonus. from... Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I was
2: going to say because I think along with the mask uh, ration, I think the government also I think warned anyone who's hoarding and trying to sell masks at mm-hmm. an elevated price saying that like, you know, you'll be fine. So this is sort of another way of of You know, making a gain on those masks
1: That's true So, you know, yeah, uh, some of the, you know, lawmakers are saying That actually these machine shops are hoarding them, right? Yeah And then they're using uh, their way of making money to, to, to make money off of them Right Which is not right well, So it,
2: yeah, let's hope it gets, uh, <laughs> you know It gets stopped as soon as possible Because so, it's just unpleasant to look at, you know, from the outside You know, think what? about it You look at a machine and there's a mask inside And people are running out It's just unpleasant to see. That's true. That's true.
1: So anyway, uh, they're cracking down on that too. Okay, while we're on the issue of medicine, tell us Paula about medical exchanges that Taiwan is having with Cambodia.
3: All right. A medical university in Taiwan has invited medical students from Cambodia Um, to visit Taiwan for two weeks um, to promote exchanges. The the medical school said that this is um, to show that the school wants to show its support for the government's new Southbound policy. Um, The the new Southbound policy uh, refers to the government's efforts to promote um, exchanges and cooperation with countries in Southeast Asia and also India, Australia, and New Zealand. And the um, the medical school um, actually um, team up with a medical union in Taiwan. They actually visited Cambodia um, several times to promote academic exchanges. They also offer free medical care in Cambodia, starting from February twenty first. Eighteen medical students from Cambodia will be in Taiwan to for. Uh, to participate in the two-week program. One uh, Cambodian student said uh, he was not born in the, uh, you know, his family is not rich. So he has received um, financial aid from international charities. So he, he has always wanted to to return what he has received from those charity groups. So he thinks that to be a doctor is the best way to help people. And he thinks that Taiwanese medical Care. I mean, that's Taiwan offers quality medical care. So he hopes to learn a lot. He would choose general surgery. That's because in Cambodia there are a lot of kids who have the problem of cleft lip and cleft palate. That's a that's a it's a problem there. So he wants to learn. You know, general surgery.
1: Okay. Oh, so I'm glad that we are having these exchanges and uh, people are learning from Taiwan's medical experience and expertise. We also have an interesting story about um, how Taiwan schools are dealing with the coronavirus, right?
2: Oh, yeah. Um, The virus, uh, I think as we've reported on news a bit earlier, has affected the scheduling of uh, Taiwan's uh, schools. Now, originally, the education ministry said that all schools below university, so we're talking about anywhere from kindergarten all the way up to high school, uh, will be delayed for two weeks until I think the 13th of February. Uh, several universities have come out to say like on a a somewhat sporadic basis that they're going to be delaying as well but yesterday several major ones made their announcement NTU the National Taiwan University the uh, Taiwan University of Technology and the National Taiwan Normal University these are sort of the top tier universities in Taiwan they said collectively they'll delay their upcoming winter semester to March 2nd so a delay of more than a month that's a major delay and uh just so, so that all the students who are rejoicing for their actual vacation doesn't get too ahead of themselves, the <laughs> semester isn't being cut short; they're just delayed. Right. So it's not like you have to study less. Yeah. So their summer vacation will be cut short as well. So yeah. So this is sort of the latest policies uh, among the uh, the virus that's uh, centered in China and have affected in Taiwan.
1: That's that's a major change for a lot of schools and scheduling, right? Especially if you made summer plans. Yeah. Um, And I know parents, parents, yeah, they have to figure out what to do with their kids. One of my kids' schools actually is doing online learning for two weeks. Oh, during uh, the delay? Yeah. That's nice. So It'll be interesting how they manage that. Keep them,
2: keep them busy. I think a lot of parents have sort of not protested, but are concerned that now they 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 don't have the time to take care of their kids. You know, the I think the labor ministry was trying to allow them vacation so they can one of them can stay home and take care of children. Really? Yeah, because wow. now that they're not, the children aren't going to school as scheduled. So
1: right, they they may not have made plans for yeah these two weeks, right?
2: Right. But I think They
1: can take Daycare? days off to take care of kids, oh. and if uh, if
3: their employers say no, that's not legal. Right. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: I think they have to give them unpaid leave. Right. So uh. it, it's a financial hit, but at least they're going to be available. Oh, so. So
1: mm-hmm. for like two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks is not too bad. I mean, if it's two months or something, that would be... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a headache for I parents. Really?
2: Yeah, coming from a mom, I believe that.
1: So, yeah, it's we're taking this um, prevention very seriously. And hopefully it will prevent an outbreak here in Taiwan. Okay, Taiwan also takes very seriously what they get married. People um, deliberate over this in many ways. Sometimes they use fortune telling, right? Yes. Um, Well, tell us what the latest trend is and favorite dates to get married.
3: All right. Well, in the past, people got married. um, You know, they chose the date based on the the lunar calendar because if you read the, the lunar calendar, there are some um, days are especially auspicious There mm-hmm. are some days That are in, inauspicious So th- what most people do Is they You know They choose a date Based on what was written You know um, In the lunar calendar But in recent years Young people prefer To get married On May 20th
1: Why? is that? That's inauguration Of the president Right, right? That's inauguration Why? Why Right that It has nothing to do With presidential inauguration
2: I don't think that's, that's poli- To do with love po- though no, Politically it, it's motivated It's not you know?
3: political It's nothing political I, I sure it's not. hope so. simply because Um 五二零, like May 20th, sounds like oh, like a, it's, it's, I love you in so, oh, Chinese. Sounds cute. yeah, Right, so people, you know, like that. Actually, um, in 2014, six, over 6,000 couples got married on May 20th. 2014? In
1: 2014.
3: Okay. And from 2014 to 2019, 22,000 Couples got married on May 20th, so it's their That's favorite day.
1: May 20th. It's I also th- near near spring. I mean, it's in spring, right? Right, so the weather is the- fine, right? weather is good, too. But it has nothing to do
3: with president weather. or and the president. With, with politics. <laughs> That's good. And besides May 20th, another popular day is Valentine's Day on February 14th. Uh-huh. Because it's sense. You know, really romantic.
1: We actually have two Valentine's Days. One well, is, oh, yes. is yeah, on the lunar calendar, which right. is different every year. Right. So they could do that as well. But February fourteenth is easier to remember. Right. Because of Chinese Valentine's Day, it's I think it's in
2: the, the seventh, of, seventh
1: right. lunar calendar. That's seventh month,
3: a, uh, seventh the ghost day. month. I guess people oh. you know would avoid that. But anyway, oh, uh, besides May twenties, besides um, Valentine's Day, another popular day is Christmas. Really, December twenty
2: fifth. That's interesting. Yes. I was, yeah. Sorry, to, I'm I don't mean to cut you off. I was just going to say a second ago. Imagine the business opportunities that there is, just like Christmas. And lo and behold, people get married on Christmas too. Right. Yeah.
3: And also our national day on October tenth. Really. That's you know people think that that's also a you know a oh, popular it's a day. day. It's a happy yeah.
1: day. Yes. What about you guys? Did you guys pick a certain date? Did you consult any fortune tellers or parents? Or I didn't consult a fortune
3: teller because I I got married on um in May because but I well, like I said earlier I did you know cons- look at the the lunar calendar then I just randomly pick a date okay right but of course in, in auspicious day a date. good day that's, yeah. that's <laughs>
2: spontaneous I didn't even do that I just randomly picked a day I don't I don't even know if that's auspicious or not so.
1: Well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't look at the calendar at all. So, (laughs) I mean, the lunar calendar. Right. So, well, I think that, yeah, uh, your love should be the most important thing, right? Yeah, whenever you feel like it, yeah. Yeah, whenever you feel like it. Whatever's good for the couple. But I know it's a big trend here, Mm -hmm. right, to consider other factors as well, right? And even the Chinese homonyms. All right, so that's a new trend in Taiwan, getting married on those romantic dates. Thanks for tuning in to Here in Taiwan, and stay tuned for a new program about culture in Taiwan and jade bells and bamboo pipes. For Here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. I'm Jake Chen. And I'm Paula Chow. Bye.
4: This is Radio Taiwan International.
5: Idinei, kumai Bayuan na Kanatar to lingaw,
4: the sound of the Puyuma tribe on Radio Taiwan International.
6: Cultural visa everywhere.
4: I am on RTI.
0: There is Taiwanese opera from Formosa, our beautiful island. There is opera from the Western world.
4: Well, Auntie RTI adores Taiwan. She is cosmopolitan. With her historian-like knowledge, Auntie RTI likes to talk about stories from all over the world.
0: Fun, excitement, loco, it's so difficult. Hey, fashion news, what are you murmuring about? My foreign friend just met contact saying he wants to come visit Taiwan next year. Uh Uh-huh. He's active, outgoing, and adventurous. What can I recommend? Oh, beehive fireworks in Yanshui, Tainan. Indeed. I believe it's going to be unforgettable. Yet I only know that on the Lantern Festival, there are non-stopable beehive fireworks sounds. Mm. But I do not know about its historical background. Well... Yes, she is close to the sea and many residents there were fishermen in 1885. <laughs> what are we going to do? The plague is so horrible that we cannot leave. <laughs>
5: Auntie, please don't cry. Our village had just asked the Saint of War for ways to solve the problems.
0: How do we solve the problem?
5: From January 13th to 15th, for three consecutive days, the general of the temple would open roads while St. of War would survey the areas by taking a religious sedan. Mm -hmm. Villagers are invited to burn the firecrackers along the road to rid the troubles. Really? Yeah, ask people to prepare firecrackers. Oh,
0: oh, okay. can I it go away? Yes, yeah, scientifically the sulfur inside firecrackers began cleansing the environment. To commemorate the mercy of the scent of war, people designed the firecrackers' activity during the scent of war pilgrimage every lantern festival, resulting in many fireworks shooting at the same time as bees flying from beehives. But I don't want my friend get hurt. Wow, to join such an event, everyone needs to be well prepared. People actually should wear helmet, scarf, jackets, pants, gloves and so on. Though, media around the world listed this event as risky, comparing with running off the bulls in Spain, It is much better. Well, it's so true. The Spanish have countless festivals. It's a Catholic nation, so many festivals are religiously connected. Running of the Bulls and our Beehive Fireworks events are very similar.
5: Mommy, Mommy, hurry up, hurry. I want to be in the town for Running the Bulls because it's July 6th. I want to play bomber cars, merry-go-round, eat the delicious food, and watch fireworks at night.
0: <laughs> okay, calm down. I will prepare the handkerchief for your dad. You will race with the cattle later.
5: Our next-door neighbor was down by the cattle last year. Please tell daddy to be careful. Cattle are so strong and the horse so sharp, why do people need to race with them? <laughs>
0: This coffin originated from 1951 to commemorate the protection from deities. Towards our city Pamplona, there was a bullfight with six bulls, but the bulls were not obedient. So some thought about running in front of them to anger them so that they would run into the arena. In the end, it became this festival. But, but. It's still very dangerous. Bullfights are ceremonies showing power and courage. Relax. Your daddy will be careful. Wow. There are two different festivals which are so exciting. NTRTI, how did you connect them together? Oh, don't forget. I'm very knowledgeable. That
3: was Culture Visa Everywhere, brought to you by Radio Taiwan International.
7: Explore the beauty of Chinese and Taiwanese traditional music on jet bells and bamboo pipes. Hello and a warm welcome to Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carl Senung and today we'll be listening to Diji pieces by Jiang Guoji. The first piece is Floating Melodies of a Water Village. Also named The Boat Song of Mulberry Village and based upon a Zhenjiang traditional folk song Liu Yuanlang, and this music presents a picture of the prosperous southern water landscape and the moving story of its people and customs. Floating melodies of a water village performed by Jiang Guoji. And next, let's take a listen to Primitive Hunting. This is played with simulated gudi of seven thousand years ago, making full use of the various techniques for special sound effects. This musical piece is designed to give full play to the expressive power of the ancient gudi by dramatizing the twilight hunting scene of the primitive past. With human voices added to it, it captures the thrills of hunting. And interestingly, the gudi was designed by Jiang Guoji and Zhao Songting from a 5kg chicken lake.
4: This is Radio Taiwan International.
7: And again, you're listening to Jade bells and bamboo pipes. I'm Carlson Nguyen and today we feature teacher pieces performed by Jiang Guoji, a national first-class virtuoso who grew up on the West Lake coast in China and he's best known for his DiJ performances. The multiple di zhi was so named by the renowned di zhi master performer Zhao Songting who in the early 1960s tried to bind together a number of di zhi with varied pitches in one multiple di It has been used quite successfully by Zhao Songting on his di zhi recital pieces. And this next piece that we're going to play for you is one example of how he makes use of Multiple 地址 So let's sit back, relax and enjoy this peace scenery on the Wu River Scenery on the Wu River performed by Zhao Shongting using a very special technique called the multiple di zhi where he combines a number of di zhi with varied pieces into one multiple di zhi and this piece was based on the folk songs popular around the Zhejiang province and it alternates with two traditional tunes Shang and Yu as well as with the use of two types of di zhi qi di and And next, we'll listen to Picking Tea on the West Lake Shore. This is by Jiang Guoji and Zhu Liang Kai. This piece depicts a joyful scene of girls busy picking tea leaves on the coast of the West Lake at the hills of Longjingshan. As the poem has it, quote, Springtime again at lakeside, Fragrance of tea far and wide, Joyful luscious and luscious tea, Chasing one another with Glee unquote. you have enjoyed listening to Di Zhi Pieces performed by Jiang Guoji. Thank you for listening for comments and suggestions. Please write to PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan or better yet, you can write an email. Our email address is rti at dot tw. Once again, thank you for your company. I'm Carlson Wong and I'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye.